you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. The Around the NFL Podcast isn't flawed enough for Chris Wesley. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Is What's that true? happening? Is that true, Wes, that we're not flawed enough for you? People, people confuse my stance on this issue quite a bit. It's a very hard-line stance. Flawed humans <laughs> have been through the ringer and have had to check themselves, look in the mirror, make changes, show remorse, show contrition, realize there is more to life. Broken human beings are not to be trifled with. You don't mess with them because they just go around hurting people. They're irredeemable. Well, so it's about nope. me. Well, to clarify for anyone, you know, listening for the first <laughs> or tenth time, you prefer a woman that has some flaws. No one said you were looking for uh, that we weren't broken enough for you. We just weren't flawed enough for you. Because we're, because I think what it's saying is, as a podcast, we're perfect. You want something a little less perfect. I I disagree with that. I think the podcast is flawed and recognizes its flaws. Yes. I, I think the podcast is uh so weird. It's in a good spot. Weird wormhole right off the top. So if <laughs> we if we were a woman, you would go out with us. Oh yeah, I'd wine and dine us. Hot. <laughs> that that's sexy. And I don't do much whining and dining. Well um, Wes expects the women to come straight to him. You know, yeah, he's I, not gonna try to impress them with fancy meals. Well it's worked at a, on a, a number I'm, of times. I'm willing to once they show that they're worth it, but I feel like especially in LA, in this dating pool, you have to weed out the really shallow women and you know, first date dive bar. Let's see if you're willing to get down with the people. Mm, that was Wes's dating podcast. 
<laughs> now available on iTunes. Uh, this is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Sponsored by no one. Still waiting. Anybody out there? Dick Sporting Goods, we're talking to you. Perfect match when it comes to your product and our product. They're out there. They're out They're not there. wrong. But I mean, it's, it, we'll also it's like your great white whale. Yeah, definitely. But we'll also t- take uh, high-end sponsorships where some of the, the financial funding, not just funnel, doesn't go straight to ROG, but also to the talent involved. Uh, Nike, uh, Apple, Microsoft, and um, throw one out there, guys. Well, I mean, if Damashek has McDonald's, how about we go Burger King? I don't believe in their product at all, but yeah. I would take their money. Okay. Yeah, or Burger King. Terrible product. <laughs> okay, we got it, buddy. Oh, well, they're not going to sponsor. Not going to get a sponsorship <laughs> when you're saying that. I'm up. just saying I don't. I don't believe. I believe in the transaction, not what they're doing. On today's show, we are going to uh, get into a little draft talk. The draft is coming up, guys. Uh, I believe it is a week from uh, two weeks from Thursday. Is that what it is? That is absolutely correct. Okay, so it's coming up, and uh, so we should. We've been checking in here and there uh, in the last month or so with the help of some experts uh, in and around the building of NFL Media. We are lucky enough to have a lot of people under this roof that know what they're talking about when it comes to college. And uh, and in the in the uh, podcast studio today, we'll have Michael Berger. Uh, we just call him Berger. He is the producer of a great program, Greg, uh, called Path to the Draft. That's on Monday through Friday at what time? It is at 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern daily. Daniel Jeremiah, our uh, our friend who hosts the Move the Sticks podcast. This is really Move the Sticks season right now, draft season, but he's the star, I would say, of the uh, path to the draft. You got Bucky Brooks in there? Yeah, no offense to Bucky, but, you know, DJ gets more screen time. And DJ carries himself in a different way If you on the campus here at NFL Media. If you notice, uh, there's a little air about him. Ever uh, since he was offered jobs to run the front office in Tampa and uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, so we're going to talk a segment we're going to call Draft Trigger Points with Burger. So get ready Trigger for that. Trigger points. Yeah, and we won't even get into what that means. I thought it was pressure points. Yeah, it is pressure points. Listen, draft, <laughs> it's too late now. It's no, trigger I, points. I feel like pressure points it's is pressure better. points. You like the alliteration. Yeah, plus trigger has some bad connotations. Why? Well, gun triggers and whatnot. Oh boy. Just, it's like the PC pod with Greg lately. No, it's not PC. I'm just Goodness. saying I like the sound pressure. Still point. recovering from you throwing me under the bus of that Japanese pop music. Yeah, that, like, was, that was I, I spoke too soon. I actually asked my wife, Emika, if she had heard of uh, I think the Ooh. song was Pon Pon Pon. Pon Pon Pon. Didn't know the didn't know the song, but when I gave her, you know, the name of the artist, uh, she had heard of her. I don't wouldn't say she was a fan, but we found out she has four million Twitter followers, so she has plenty of fans. What out. is her equivalent in American music? I didn't I didn't ask that question based on the the amount of Twitter followers and just listening to Maybe her. A Sia? It would seem like a Selena Gomez type, maybe. Oh, Gomez, sign me up. She has like thirty million followers. Well, I was just thinking of like a young sort of. Airy pop star. Okay. So she's got like 3.85 million Airy. followers more than Greg. <laughs> Wait, that almost – I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. There you go. Take yeah, that's it. That's what I meant. Take it, buddy. All right, and we're also going to do some news. And before we do that, let's uh, go behind the glass, say hi to the Irishman. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, Dan. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How, Brandon was is on our softball team. Uh, season kicks off uh, tomorrow, Thursday. 
and um, you know everybody looked good in our first practice, Wes. Yeah, I thought we looked pretty good. Uh, we got a lot of infield practice in. We came out to the field, starting to take batting practice, and little kids from Culver City started to swarm the area and just took over everything. We couldn't get much accomplished. Little monsters. Kids Let's wanting to play games on a field. Monsters. Little uh, Little news. Let's do it. We start on the throne of sleeves. Pretty gruesome stuff. Yeah, this is... Wait a minute. Ooh, there's nobody left. The New England Patriots used a first-round pick on Dominique Easley in 2014, and uh, Easley did show some uh, some ability, flashed ability over his first two seasons, missed games with injuries. Uh, you expected him to be a, a big part of their rotation in 2016, but then the news this dropped shortly before we came upstairs, a big surprise uh, easily was released by the New England Patriots, as reported by Rap Sheet on Wednesday. Um, Comcast Sportsnet New England first reported the news. Tommy Curran, Tommy! And uh, this is the same Dominique Easley who uh, tore his ACL on both knees in college and ended his t- 2014 season with a knee injury, tore his quad in 2015. However, this cannot just be an injury thing, right, Mark? Well, yeah, I mean, the timing of it. I mean, right at the minute this happened, 4,000 beat writers in unison. Oh, there must be something else going on here. Wait, I beat all those beat writers to that tape. All right, Wes, well, then 4,000 beat writers. So basically, Wes said it, and then everyone else copied Wes. That's echo chamber. Okay. What about you, Greg? Uh, I agree with that. Uh, Wes said, as we were talking about it before the podcast, you don't just cut guys in April for, perfor- for injury-related reasons. He tore his quad, but we knew that. Uh, months ago, he's a first-round pick, only entering the third year of a you know pretty cheap contract. Mm. Cap issues is not, if anything, they're accelerating their cap hit in the short term by cutting him. So it's curious, and it's especially curious because he played so well last year. Uh, Pro Football Focus noted per snap, only J.J. Watt was more productive as a pass rusher, according to their metric. Now, obviously, no one's saying he's the second. According pass to the rusher. game film I watched, he was easily the Patriots' most effective interior rusher. Cer- certainly, their best interior rusher, and one of their best defensive players per snap. And that it, per snap is key because he only's you know he's missed half the games almost in his career. He only played 275 snaps. He tore his ACL twice in college, both knees. So he's had injuries going on forever. Tom Curran, who broke the story, added an update uh, after we came up here that he called Well, we knew that philosoph- he broke the story, by the way, when you went, Curdog or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Tommy! <laughs> Tommy! Tommy. Oh, Tom Curran's the best best guy out there in the country. We got it. We got it. Go ahead. Philosophical difference differences on following injury programs, et cetera. That uh, was, he said that's part of it. So that was my first inclination. Whenever you hear the Patriots surprisingly cut someone, isn't it because they won't get with the program in some kind of way? Either they want too much money, they're not about the team, or in this but, case, he's probably not following the regimen laid out by the Patriots medical Also could have you know, shown some personality, you know, <laughs> been an actual human being. A lot of things can happen on Patriot way. Yeah, that I could only imagine how um, – how the, that Throne of Ease music would, would sound if uh, the Patriots had only won, what, how many playoff games in the last 15 years? This is, see, oh, boy. This is where I know it's working when he gets all upset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've all, they trade away Chandler Jones. Suddenly, I wonder if you're the Patriots, if it, if it forces you to think about the draft a little differently to find people that can get to the quarterback. Well, I would say defensive tackle was 
a huge need for them even before this. It's been a huge need for them. That's why they've spent their last two first-round picks on defensive tackles. Dominic Easley, Malcolm Brown, and it wouldn't surprise me if they take a defensive tackle pretty high in the draft again because behind them you really just have some – some kind of yeah, stop but when, get veterans. When you see that they sign Potros Knighton, doesn't yep. that immediately trigger the thought they're going to be showing more 3-4 looks instead of 4-3? Well, that was twi- there was a bunch of people weighing in saying that too that they that it sounds like they're going to shift over. Well, they they're always going to play both. What yeah, whatever works that year. So yeah, maybe this year their roster will be set up that way. They tend to not be like most teams, they're going to play 30 or 40% one way, 30 or 40 the other way. They're going to mix it up. But the next best, really their best defensive tackle last year overall was probably Allen Branch. I mean, Allen Branch like, had like an Indian yeah. summer kind of year. But it just shows you, I think Malcolm Brown has potential, but it was a position they absolutely needed. So to cut him, not getting with the injury philosophical differences program, I mean, that even, that seems. What if he bad. was lazy and just didn't rehab? And he has a torn quad. Yeah. I don't know. I still think there's going to be even more. By the way, the quad connects to the knee where he's had major issues. That's fair. Uh, in other Patriots news, we've been wondering how their backfield is going to look because LeGarrette Blunt was not attached to the team, but now he is. He's been reattached to the team. That's one way to state things. Uh, Blunt, uh, on Tuesday, we learned, has signed a one-year deal with the Patriots worth up to $2 million. Uh, Burt Breer of NFL Media added that the deal, uh, 760K in base salary, uh, up to $1 million in incentives. Later, uh, Pats later confirmed the si- signing. Uh, Blunt missed most of or the back end of last season with a chip bone in his hip. Rap sheet reports there's no surgery for that, and he should be ready for OTAs. Greg, are you happy to have LeGarrette Blunt back in your backfield? Yeah, why not? Can't hurt. Yeah, he's a good. He's guy a good fit. Good, he's been good for them. Good clubhouse guy. Good for parties. Well, unless you're on the Steelers, right? No, I'm saying that's. I mean, he's great for parties. Uh, if you want to drive around before a game, Oaks to the drugs. Yeah, that was this uh, signing really shakes my confidence in Greg's Patriots analysis. Why? Because I asked him a month ago when LeBl- when Blunt was sitting out there and the Patriots had no backfield. Surely the Patriots are just going to bring Blunt back on the what cheap. Say? Greg said, "No, nah, I think they've watched it." I, I I am surprised that they're going to bother to bring him back, and it did take him a couple months. So clearly, if any team in the league valued Legarrette Blunt, uh, he would be playing. I don't. Th- did he even else. have another visit? I don't think he did. To me, he has a he has a fairly limited value, but he's just if you're going to have four running backs, can he be one of them? He fills a role sure. that nobody else in that roster can fill right now. Yeah, yeah. I I think they need to draft uh, a running back or two. Yeah, like they have in the past where they drafted two. So to me, it wouldn't. You know, what does he get? A hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. As a Patriots fan, I would not mind. Oh, one million in incentives too. I would not mind one bit if Legarian Blunt doesn't make the team. That means they're well, what if they were, shape. What if they were like, oh, listen, Gary Blunt and the, <laughs> Easley, Gary, Blunt. E- Gary <laughs> Blunt and Easley. You just can't have them in the locker room together. So we just Gary. got we just got Gary Blunt back. Easley's out. My brother Nick will be happy to know you're bringing Gary back. I did that for for your brother Nick. Thank uh, you. Ga- ga- there's not enough Garys in the world anymore. Look, Gary. LeGarry uh, <laughs> Blunt. <laughs> Blunt joins a running back group that includes Deion Lewis, who's coming back from a torn ACL, James White, Donald Brown, Brandon Bolden, and Joey Iosefa. That's terrible. It's, it's yeah, probably it's terrible, they but always they'll find be a way, fine, though, though, that position. Right, I, I, I say that almost in, with respect to the Patriots, that the other teams would be screwed with that lineup, 
But they'll be Dion Lewis if he comes back in full health. I mean that that if they had a the better backfield, they might have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a big factor in them not winning the Super Bowl that was out there to be won. When's the so, last time? Well, you win injuries though. I mean, if Lewis had been healthy, that yeah. would have been a completely Maybe. different and situation. Maybe, Blunt, and was, Blunt. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a backfield as in the playoffs as poor as the one the Patriots rolled out? Steven Jackson walking like two skyscrapers through the field. Right. Well, maybe Wild how about the Steelers the, the year before when they didn't have Bell? Yeah, yeah. that's right. I mean, if, if you're going to talk about let's take away the f- number one and two running back, yeah, it's going to be a bad right, look Right, but you're talking about a guy, Deion Lewis, who was just a, a, a shot in the dark who started training camp fifth in the depth chart that had injury problems. So, look, it's better to have guys with some pedigree without all those injury problems, obviously. Uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, missed all of last season, suspended uh, after failing an alcohol test, uh, had not been re- reinstated yet, and you started to wonder why hadn't that happened, and we got some uh, light uh, shined on that uh, situation on Monday, or Tuesday, I should say. Rap Sheet reported that Gordon failed another drug test uh, last month. Um, the test showed traces of marijuana and um, dilute, which could be used to mask substances, uh, as a result of this test, Gordon, uh, his application for reinstatement has been denied until August 1st, a league spokesman told Rappaport. Uh, he can reapply after that date. So there is good news. There's bad news, obviously, that it, do- it doesn't appear that Gordon still doesn't have his head on straight. Uh, the good news, uh, I guess if you're a Browns fan and certainly Josh Gordon, is that he is still has a chance, it appears, to play this upcoming season, but he's got a by the time August 1st comes around, he needs to have everything together and not give them another reason, Mark. Yeah, I mean, from a from another angle, I think anyone still having any hopes tied to Josh Gordon needs to check themselves at the door because even if he were to pass this next thing by August 1st, he just sits out there as an if you're trying to build a team as an absolute hazard because at any moment it feels like he's going to get banged with another suspension three years in a row. He did. Now, when he played, he missed two games and still led the league in receiving. So that that's tantalizing. That was also in 2013. But you, I, you hold out hope for him. I, you know what? You were really disappointed I, when this happened. Well, well no. I am annoyed that, it, that, that his lack of accountability is annoying to me. And sure. the fact that the dra- these players with this drama are attached to, it, to the Browns because, really, they're trying hard to move forward. And, you know – just the same way that people feel there's an entitlement complex to Manziel, I see it with Gordon too because he's tweeting out, "Guys, come on, not a real story." And in, 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 in videos of him working out, well, you you have a diluted test and you've you've failed multiple tests, so it is a real story, and you showed no ability to get healthy and get back into football. Whether or not marijuana should be a banned substance is a whole different subject. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna look back in 20 years and wonder how these careers were ruined by marijuana. On one hand, but on the other hand, you mentioned accountability. He's letting down teammates. He's letting down the front office. He's letting down the coaching staff. And frankly, you're not. No one told you you have a right to make millions of dollars playing a kids game. And how crazy is it that this guy, under this microscope, uh, seemingly could not uh, avoid smoking weed or well, whatever is going out on with Johnny Manziel and what's happening here? Where he, in his mind, thought instead of keeping my nose clean. I'm going to actually try to, you know, I'm going to still have fun and try to get away with it. It just shows, yeah, it, you know, he doesn't have good common sense, and it's killing the guy. I mean, it's ruining his career. It's insane how long he has not 
played for by now, and yet he's on the team. And the Browns don't like being attached to him. Well, they could they could cut him if they wanted. That's allowed. I'm not saying they don't so, like it. So but they they could. It he he shows ultimately what matters in the NFL because he's been chosen by the Browns by four different uh, regimes, two different ownership groups. That he's more he was more valuable than Holmgren and then Ray Farmer and then Michael Lombardi and Patton and all those coaches. He's kept his job this entire time while all of those guys have gotten fired. So Gordon to the Browns as an organization has been deemed more important. They well, lead they lead the league in ghosts. Aren't they still paying Rob Chazinski? Well, right. they they probably are still paying Romeo Cornell. I mean, Rob Chudzinski inherited Josh Gordon. Even he didn't draft him. I mean, it's it's really crazy. But, I mean, for a team with zero playmakers. No, I get literally it. Literally zero. It's like – but they're not sitting around – they're not – they have been clear about But you're saying that, and you're saying don't have hope. They have hope or else he wouldn't be on the team. And you know what I mean? And, and you have hope as a fan because you're saying that. I don't think he's very expensive, number one. Right. And secondly, he's – his contract tolls. There's no reason – to just release him right now necessarily. Well, there I is mean, a reason. If, the, if he if doesn't really, get in If again. you're rebooting the machine again, <laughs> but what, well, it's, and you want a fresh start, and this guy keeps on getting busted, and it's attaching your franchise to his name. Yeah, but what's Mark's biggest point, fear? A guy going somewhere else and thriving. Like, going to the Steelers and leading the NFL and receiving. Well, and I guess, also, I mean, by the way, all pro up until three days ago, the thought probably with this new group of people was he could be back right. very soon. And now it's he could be back in August 1st. If it was he's going to be suspended another year, I think they would cut him. I tend to agree. They might as well keep him. And the August 1st thing really surprised me. It showed some lead, leniency and flexibility from the NFL that it, it's not just but we, not just banished for another year necessarily. It's, it feel, we the whole assume, thing feels murky, though. We shouldn't assume a ruling will come down on August 1st. No. It could, it, it could come down in October. And right. we especially shouldn't assume that he passes whatever test is in the meantime because history would tell you – if you're uh, a betting man, that he fails tests. That's what he does, so he will fail more tests. I couldn't agree more. I think that he's probably that you know he's he's up there and with with Manziel and anyone else in terms of we may never see him play again. The desire does not seem to be there. Uh, moving on, Eddie Lacy, running back for the Green Bay Packers, um, out of shape for most of the last year and got a ton of criticism, uh, both from. Uh, the NFL world, the the media, and even then his own head coach after the season ended um, has appeared to turn the corner in terms of conditioning. Burt Breer uh, reported uh, this week that uh, Lacey has undergone a transformation, calling it, quote, remarkable, a redis- redistribution of weight from his midsection to his shoulders and arms. Here's what Burt said on NFL HQ on NFL Network. I know the people around Eddie Lacy really feel like the Packers are going to be happy uh, with what they see when Lacy reports for the offseason program next week. Uh, so, Chris Wessling, is this a narrative? Uh, this would have been good for buy, uh, buy, sell, or hold. Eddie Lacy has lost the weight and is back to being Eddie Lacy. You believe it? Every ounce of it. No pun intended. But, yeah, of course I believe it. I've seen Eddie Lacy play when he's in shape, and he's one of the best running backs in the league. And Mike McCarthy said in February, I have complete faith that Eddie Lacy learned a lesson, that he knows he can't make defenders miss or shake nagging injuries playing 30 pounds overweight. Uh, He said, I'll be confident in April we're going to see a different guy, and even more in July when it really matters we're going to see a totally different guy. He's on that path. He's putting in the work. Mark's favorite player now, you said. Well, I mean, so 
in, he's done P90X, and I think that if you do, if you look at what happens before and after photos of P90X, and if he went through the program, it is it's excellent for. I can see exactly what he's describing. That it takes whatever's down in your belly area and it melts <laughs> off and it puts it up into where it's useful, up in your shoulders and I, arms. It's you need not, to get some type of like sponsorship yourself. Yeah, Mark. I am. I am. You, keep, you, you know, P, no, P90X. Was hard. your P90X experience before or after Josh Gordon led the league in receiving? What do you, what, what are you saying? Well, I, I just wanted, like you have this fond memory of P90. Oh well, no, I did it. How long ago I was it? I did it when my first son Luke was born in 2010, and like around I did P60 because I got about 60 days in, and then I, then it was over. But I restarted it, and I think that it's an it's a it's a complete CrossFit training. It, it, it's great for Lacey. He's he's a perfect candidate to I, do it. Yeah, and I I buy it because by the time he's gonna get back with the team, and then he'll be on the program. I don't know if I buy it long term. It's like. It's one of those things that I buy Eddie Lacy in 2016. Now, if you're a fantasy guy and you're drafting him in 2017 or 18, like, what, would it shock me if he struggles with his weight again or motivation? Usually those players tend to go up and down throughout their career, but I would bet big on, a, like, a big Eddie Lacy mm-hmm. there this year. Totally sure. agree with everything you said there. Uh, moving on, let's talk a little Odell Beckham Jr., former uh, resident uh. – of Chris Wessling's oh. stable of boys. He had his own suite. Uh. But you know what? He moved out of the stable of boys. I don't even oh. know if he gave you notice, Wes, because now he's he living. <laughs> he, he got kicked out. Because now he's living with a Toronto-based hip-hop star named Drake. Yeah, he got evicted. It's uh, April in the NFL, so we're going to talk about this. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, told Ronda Rousey uh, of Noted television station news gathering source, DraftKings TV. That's my guy right there, Beckham said of Drake. Somebody whose mindset is the same as yours, and they want nothing but success. They want to be the best. We just click on a level like that. Can you imagine how terrible the conversations, private conversations between these two guys are? All they do, they're talking about how. Oh, we great. You know, we got to shut out all the haters and be be the best. And you know, we're so blessed. And uh, you know we love we love being the best. We're number one. I'm out. I, I'm out. What 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 is it with? We're asking these multimillionaires over and over in the past couple of weeks. Who are you living with? And all these like <laughs> dudes are living together all over the place. I mean, what happened to just I'm rich. I bought a house. Have a nice time. It's with a it. great. It's a great question. And you know the uh, a video popped up in social media earlier this week of uh, of ODB in a dance party with a bunch of men. Uh, and then uh, there was a photo shoot of ODB with some Patriots because Stephen Ridley's selling a line of clothing, and they're all around this like pool, and the pool has statues of women that are, I think, mermaids with bikinis. I mean, I don't know what's going on at Drake's I, palatial I estate. I couldn't disagree more. I want to hear the conversations. No. I want a reality show, Drake's Backyard. Who wouldn't watch that? Well, I would not Drake's because I have enough backyard. Odell Beckham in my Drake's life. Backyard, yeah. I mean, what? Oh, like like Drake's an idiot. This is a guy who's come up with a pretty outstanding uh, multimedia career. He's made the transition. No one expected. I mean, he's doing pretty well. He's pretty successful. Maybe maybe ODB can learn. What's your point? I'm not taking shots at like Drake as like a, well, uh, sa- a hip hop talent. 
Well, you I just said you wouldn't want to hear their conversation. Uh, they would be insufferable I, oh, together. Drake, Drake is talented, and Odell Beckham is talented. I don't need to sit them and hear them the discussing their those I don't believe for a second that Greg would listen to their conversation. I would watch. I promise How many episodes you, would, of this, this show that you boiled show. up would you watch? I would How watch many 23-year-olds do you listen to their conversation? I would watch the show. <laughs> it would be – I mean, granted, it would be kind of waiting to see – what ridiculousness pops up. But, but yeah, you're, you're DVRing this and going through you episodes. You're binge-watching this. That's the thing. You guys but would watch it, too. Drake. There's no way no, I'd, I'd watch not. that. West I don't have TV. West wouldn't. I, I think I would certainly check it out, but the, the idea that it wouldn't be insufferable, the conversation, it would be a hate watch for sure. <laughs> yeah, that might be part of it. Uh, it's awful. Like Shaw's of Sunset might be something I'd watch before but this. But the joy in ODB's dancing cannot be underestimated. and uh, uh, He's got to calm down with that. I too. wish I was that happy <laughs> doing anything as happy as ODB is da- when he's dancing. Uh, it can be. Irishman said he has a question, guys. I just want to know what TV show would you rather watch, Jake or Drake, not Jake, and ODB, or Johnny Menzel and Josh Gordon as roomies. Well, the other one, the second show would quickly rule Gordon out of any sort of return to the I NFL, would, so I don't want to see Menzel that sounds depressing. Menzel Gordon sounds yes, more like depressing. Yeah, your lives t- going down. Yeah, in today's episode, because uh, a TMZ article that just came out, that Johnny Manziel was in a, a, a hit-and-run accident in Hollywood, and then Josh Gordon picked him up on, on the Sunset Strip, I and mean, then they had to circle back to the accident because they left the scene of an accident. What's going on I here? Mean, it, it, it does sound like a reality show because we're getting an episode every two or three days. That's Brandon, true. I'd rather watch Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith debate whether the, the Warriors should push Kobe Bryant's game off ESPN to ESPN2. That, see, that's crazy. <laughs> um, all right, and finally – uh, J.J. Watt, and we were playing that game yesterday or on our previous show, buy, sell, or hold on off-season narratives. And, you know, I found it suspicious that a new J.J. Watt story is popping up every week, like almost like every Wednesday morning. You're like, oh, what's there's a publicist at play here. J.J. Watt a little bit, you know. I think you know my feelings about the gentleman. Talented ball player. But uh, <laughs> this week, J.J. Watt uh, appeared in a Snapchat with Kate Hudson, the – uh, actress, um, really a strange uh, Snapchat uh, video with Hudson. And then uh, that sparked, ooh, J.J. Watt, is he taken? And then he tweets out. <laughs> he tweets out a reply to a fan who asked Watt how he went from, quote, single to dating two different blondes in 24 hours. Well, you're replying to that, bro. He, ri- he writes, that's L.A. Hashtag single. Get out, bro. Get out of here, bro. Is, not, that, is that L.A., Wes? That's get not out of how the dating media. world in L.A. works for me. Would it work if you were a, you know, potentially a generation, generational type defensive talent with millions of dollars and, you know, multiple homes and all sorts of cash? Would it work for you that way then? And a sculpted six foot six, 290 pound body. Yeah, I get what is this 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 coupling, though, what you were saying in terms of wanting to be in the news that is a perfect pairing, Kate Hudson. She, if I was doing, when I was doing my Hollywood uh, analytics blog website, she would lead the league in most magazine covers to lowest box office over the last <laughs> five years. I mean, she has stayed remarkably on top of things and relevant with absolutely no movies or hits or anything. And she does it with stuff like going out with J.J. Watt. Excellent analysis. What is... Uh, J.J. Watt doing in L.A. Isn't he supposed to be in like his pottery bar and log cabin in Wisconsin? Yeah, with like 37 bunk beds in there. <sighs> a lot of these guys do train out here. I mean, Greg, I will point out that once, I don't know how old she is, but once you hit a certain age in Hollywood, it's tough to 
land heat-seeking roles as a female. Mm. I think I think you're, you know you're on an interesting side of the of the debate there. That's absolutely fair. Wait, is this but I feel women in uh, Hollywood podcast this up well, later I, this summer? That's absolutely fair. But I think Kate Hudson had maxed out uh, her her career as well as she possibly could have. So I, I I think hashtag nepotism. By the way, being six foot five alone would get J.J. Watt all the women in L.A. because I've never seen so many women obsessed with men's height. <laughs> well, it's oh, incredible. Every month. It's incredible to me. I never. It, it was never a factor in, in any dealings I had with any woman in my life in any city until I moved to L.A. I, and now it's like the number I, one qualification on their list. Are you six foot three or above? Nope. Can't on the it. online sites. Well, we should ask. Uh, Wes starts walking around in stilts. We should ask our uh, Upcoming guest here, Michael Berger, walking into the studio. He's lived in L.A. a while, not the yeah, tallest guy. Yeah, will. And by the way, you're for him. in the nepotism comment yeah. on Kate Hudson. I don't think that's fair. Now, right. did she get into Hollywood? Did it help that uh, uh, her mother is Goldie Hawn, of course? Sure, but when she played Penny Lane in Almost Famous. Yeah, that was. that was She was captivating in that role, and it agree. launched her career, and I think it was well, fairly. All right. All right. And then she used up all that good work. All right, to be fair, I'm not I, I don't really I've not been tracking Kate Hudson deeply enough, nor do I care about her well, career. Well, you dropped enough. the nepotism bomb. Oh uh, yeah, well, it she is the daughter of a extremely famous actress. That's that right. does not hurt in Hollywood. One day your Am sons your sons will You're be right. their father will be a, a famous NFL analyst that all over television and the silver screen possibly as well. Yeah. Will you want them to be judged just because of your success? Yes. Dan, before we move on from this, uh, yes. J.J. Watt actually already heard this, and he has a response for you. What? All I know is, you mess with me, you got problems. That's all I know. Whatever, bro. Come at me. <laughs> Sitting to my left is uh, Burger. Burger is the I, producer. I have a first name, for crying out loud. Do you? Yeah. I thought it was like a Madonna type. <laughs> Pele. We each have little names Dan likes to give us. Okay. I'm the boss, and you can just be Burger. Uh, Michael Burger is his, his go. God-given name, or his parents <laughs> at least. Um, he is the producer of Path to the Draft, which airs Monday to Friday on NFL Network at 6 Eastern. 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. Welcome back to the Thanks, Around the guys. NFL podcast. I, I thought we were doing once every two years. Now it's once. This has been once every two months. I'm, did you guys – scheduling error or what happened? Here? Hashtag progress. <laughs> it's uh, April. I'm not complaining, slow. by the it's way. I'll a, take it's it. It's a compliment just... towards you know, your epic performance last time. Oh, I thank you. I yes, we all remember it. Uh, yeah, there were <laughs> I don't dozens really. of people told me yeah. about it. So. Uh, Burger, first off, you, yes. uh, you, you're a single man in Los Angeles. He's not married. Uh, do Not you married. find have you found the same issues that Wes has that women are obsessed with height? Well, I will say, I mean, you know, what did uh, what did uh, Axel Foley say in Beverly Hills Cop two? Six foot women grow on trees in California. So there, I mean, there is a there is a, a proliferation of of uh, you know height. Uh, tall women, tall a women, lot of tall sure. women, a lot of tall women, and that's fair. And tall women don't want to date. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about four foot eleven women who won't date men under six foot three. That's quite a quite a disparity if it's four. That's what you're talking about. You know, twenty inches there. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a disease out here. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's. uh, But yes, I I, Wes's point I think does does have some merit. Um, Thank you. You're you're happily coupled. I am happily coupled. Yes. How tall is she? She's about five six. Pretty pretty standard. uh, Va va boom. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So. So we're going to talk draft with Berger uh, in a couple of minutes. But before we do that, we do want to touch on, and, and Mark, I'm surprised. This was your idea. You are not a fan of the NBA during the regular season, but there is a regular season game taking place tonight at Staples Center here in Los Angeles. Uh, it is the Kobe Bryant uh, finale of his uh, 
20, 20 season career, I believe. He, he played for 20 years, all with the L.A. Lakers. And um, so you said this is what we should talk about, Mark. Well, okay. I mean, I know, <laughs> I'm not a Kobe fan, but I said it might not be a bad episode early on when it's April 13th to maybe oh, just spin off Kobe it. Bryant. All right, so what what Mark said, that wasn't quite the setup I was looking for, but who is the NFL equivalent of Kobe Bryant, a player that was undeniably uh, talented, uh, tremendously successful, uh, but really uh, viewed by many people as a villain or someone that is hard to like? Who's the NFL guy who makes you think that way? Now, hold on a second. I thought it was from any sport. That's Any sport. Any sport. All right, any sport. Is there an NFL guy, though? I don't think I there don't, is an NFL guy because I, yeah, it's a struggle. NFL feels more – there's not a uniform of opinion about things. Like Michael Vick popped to my mind, but then again, Michael Vick's, you know, when at the height of his uh, dogfighting stuff. But then again, Michael Vick's one of the most popular players of his generation. So, like Ben Roethlisberger, for Browns fans certainly, uh, throughout the Midwest, but I don't know if he was – Universally reviled, not a lot of the o- the only know. guy that popped in my head, for, and it was I quickly sort of rebuffed it was To just 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 Ooh. for just for the just yeah. kind of the just sheer in your face way that he played and kind of as polarizing as that's he good. Was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, yeah was that good. was the only one I could think of in the NFL. I mean, is it a question of who do we love to hate? Because that's a different question in the NFL. Yeah. Do you have a player that right. you like rooting against? I'll admit that Peyton Manning for much sure. of his career, I, I did. And certainly that's my Patriot, Patriots fandom. Yeah. That the Patriots never really had a rival other than Peyton Manning was a rival. It wasn't really the Colts or the Broncos. It was Peyton Manning. That's where I would go with this anyway. And let me unpack this for a minute. So to me, Kobe Bryant and Alex Rodriguez are inextricably linked. That was mine. That was mine. They came of age in the 90s when sports exploded financially and image-wise. And at 18, 19 years old in the mid to late 90s, They are told by their handlers it's about image. You have to reject this image. And neither of those athletes built a base of character. Like, if you read The Education of Alex Rodriguez by J.R. Moringer, a great long form, there's no soul there. There's no base of – Alex Rodriguez has no personality, no character. Doesn't Kobe feel like the opposite of that? No, I don't think so. I think he was too busy wrapped up trying to be Michael Jordan for years and trying to protect this image. And I think Peyton Manning came of age – Peyton Manning came of age in that era, too, and he was all about spin control, Ex- extremely about spin control and image early in his career. And I don't think he's a reviled star or anything, but but I see those three guys as coming from that kind of deriving from that era of sp- professional sports exploding money-wise and image-wise. The interesting person to put in that category as well, and I feel like they're all in that same era is Jeter, who is for some, you know, in a, in a, in the polar opposite is just, I mean, revered by almost everybody who in baseball, pop culture, a lot of it has to do with what he did off the field, you know, his exploits there as well. But, but it's an interesting sort of dichotomy when you have an A-Rod or a Kobe and then a, a guy like, who, again, same era, same time. Yeah, same. I always thought there was but more co- substance to Jeter. I agree. But Kobe, I, I totally disagree. Kobe seems like a very smart individual. Uh, he he certainly has an interesting background. He has strong views on things. He seems insanely calculating. He doesn't seem very likable, but that seems different to me than an A-Rod and, and maybe even a Jeter, which just seems kind of like a black hole. Like, Kobe you're was not, like, like A-Rod. There's not a lot there there, you know, whereas Kobe, I think there's a lot there. It just You just might not like it. No, I think early in his career, he was like A-Rod in that he had to take a pull before he would say any mm-hmm. statement. 
I, I would go from the NFL angle, Big Ben, because I see that there was an off-the-field incident that almost caused the Steelers sure. to think about parting ways with him. But we also are in a time where attention span is so brief that that's completely forgotten at this point. And his career and who he is as a player has – I respect him now. So I don't hate Well, he that. also never really captured the, the zeitgeist like, the, like a guy – like Kobe, or I think Vic is a good guy to look at in a lot of ways because he, like Kobe, came in with a ton of hype. He was involved with a, a draft day trade. He came into the league, then lived up to the hype, was a star that had legal problems that changed the way people looked at him forever. But as personalities, they seem like very different people, so that's where that kind of falls apart. But I think Kobe is kind of, on some level, to me, one of a kind. I mean, that is Michael, that successful. I mean, the other answer for me is Michael Jordan. I love to hate Michael Jordan. Really? I, was I was surprised what I learned. Oh, yeah. I think the rest, a lot of the country kind of jumped on and just became Bulls fans. I never got to that point. I always hated him, always rooted against really? him. Always rooted against Don Bull. Because I was a Celtics fan. Not that they were rivals, certainly not by the end of it, but... At the beginning, you just didn't, and you just don't like the guy that's on top. That's See, I think that, that for me, because Michael Jordan came into bloom when I was in around fifth grade, and I have like notebooks from that time, just filled of drawing Michael Jordan pictures, and I I fell in love with the NBA for a period of time because of him. Even though I ended up being a Knicks fan, Jordan was fascinating to watch. I loved the guy. I grew up in a city that didn't have the NBA in Cincinnati, and to me, I always thought anyone was suspect if they hated Jordan. Really? <laughs> yeah, like what's wrong with you because that you, you don't like watching Michael Jordan play? Well, a, it's like a contrarian a team that was beating your team. Right, if you're from Boston, I get that. But in Cincinnati, like how much of a contrarian are you trying to right. be to I, not like Michael Jordan? You would go up every year. We would drive up uh, drive up I-65 and go to – I would see one Michael Jordan game a year and make sure it was on my, my list to do with my parents. By the way, little known fact, do you guys know what my middle name is? Jordan. It is Jordan. I was wow. Like, yeah. Oh, I thought it might be Michael Michael Berger. <laughs> <laughs> You're Michael Jordan Berger. Michael Jordan Berger. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and you were born obviously before Michael Jordan was famous. Yeah, he was like eight years old. Oh, he was. Yeah, so. Oh, I thought that just changed. I was not named after Michael Jordan. That would be weird. (laughs) Michael Jordan Berger. Weird. Uh, By the way, real quick, have you have you that's going to be your new podcast? Has that been tough to live up to? Do you know what? Do you know what? You know what? For people that don't know what you look like, and why would they? Yeah, I don't. I don't like nothing like Michael Jordan. Yeah, you don't. You don't look like Jordan. I find glasses alone. Right. Hand size. How would you? Well, you can choose who to share it with. I find. I find that what usually when I travel, like when I go internationally. And I get and I pull out my passport and everyone and it takes them a second and it's always like, oh Michael Jordan oh and then it becomes a whole thing. Uh, it's right. like a, I, it's oh a burger eye roll. Yeah, I feel like it's just, oh, yeah, it's right. here a, we go again. Your hair is moment. somewhat similar to Jordan. We do have similar hairlines, yes, or, or lack thereof in this case. But right. um, wait, by the way, before, real quick, before yes. we, uh, we were talking about this in the newsroom, more compelling game tonight: Kobe or the Warriors game? Mm, yeah, I Warriors by far. Warriors by far. Kobe stopped being compelling when he stopped being good. I at know basketball. a lot of people listen to this afterwards, but it just seems like that's if you could they're choose, a great greatness, and he's just. Nah, if you could choose to be at one game, I would probably choose Kobe because they're, you know he's yeah. going to jack up forty shots, and maybe he gets hot and you see something crazy. Golden State's going to be up by thirty points. Yeah, I, to me, like watching Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Give me a break. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, so Burger, here yeah. we go. Here we go. Let's talk draft. Here's a seg. Uh, called uh, draft pressure points. Sure. With Burger. And now it's pressures on me, right? Yeah. So Michael Jordan Burger. There we go. And yeah. we, and <laughs> that's never, your new never, Maybe Michael I should have kept that one to myself. Jordan Burger. And yeah, we saw Burger in the lobby uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and we said, "What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? We want to talk a little draft." And Burger, because he's an idea man, mm-hmm. said, "Well, there's certain 
parts of the draft. Why don't you explain it? You're a producer. You're yeah, the no, I, I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and, and evaluate players. That's not uh, certainly what I'm qualified to do. But I do think that there are interesting, you know, teams picking in certain spots of the draft that I think will dictate certainly the first round and how various teams not only pick after them, but kind of just change the complexion potentially of the first round um, with, uh, you know, obviously it starts, I think, with the Browns at two. Assuming, again, no one trades up and Tennessee holds on to the top spot, it starts with the Browns at two, and there are some other interesting spots as we kind of move down the first round. All right, round. so why don't we start at, with the Browns at two? Well, look, I mean, it, it, for a lot of these teams, it, it comes down to will they or won't they draft a quarterback? And right. obviously, um, you know, did the RG3 signing take the Browns out of – uh, the mindset of drafting a quarterback. Who knows? Is it Wentz? Is it Goff? Do they like either one enough to sit at two and take a quarterback? The argument for the Browns is, on, on one hand, sure, you need a franchise guy. Obviously, you don't think Josh McCown or, or RG3 uh, is that guy moving forward. Having said that, we all know the Browns need help at a lot of different places and a lot of different levels of the field. So do they trade back and try to get more picks and maybe hope that a quarterback, if they like a quarterback, is there at six or seven? Do they think that Wentz, Goff, and Lynch are maybe the same guy and they move back even further to you know and hope that he's there at 15, middle of the first round? Whatever it is, they could either take the best player on their board, whether it's a Jalen Ramsey, a Miles Jack, somebody like that, and, and certainly store up what was not a very good defense last year. Um, or they take a quarterback, and that will have a major domino effect on what happens, you know, Cowboys at four, the Niners at seven, even the Rams at 15, um, and that'll kind of start the ball rolling, I think, in the first round a little bit. Mark, how would you feel if the Browns did not come out of this draft with a quarterback? Uh, I think, I'd, you know, the fan of me would be disappointed, but I'd, I'd be more interested to find out who made that decision because the sense that I mean, we're getting word that, you know, Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, the really wants golf, right. but <laughs> maybe Hugh Jackson does too, but maybe the front office just wants to compile picks. Well, the Cleveland's made a cottage industry of trading down. You didn't get Julio Jones, and you ended up getting Phil Taylor, who's Ooh. not on the team anymore. How many times we do this? I think you got to swing at a quarterback if Hugh Jackson loves one of them. If they aren't sold on one, you're right. That glass half full is you could pick any position, and it would be a position of need in Cleveland. Right, right. Now. right. But – I am not buying the idea, and look, it's on our website, that it's coming out in, the, in these couple of days, in the last few days, that the Browns are not in love necessarily with anyone to take at number two, and so that they're more than willing. They're trying to trade out. There's a lot of smoke that they're going to trade out. You're, you got the number two pick in the draft, and by all accounts, these two quarterbacks are worthy top ten quarterback picks. So it seems crazy to me that they would not view either one of those quarterbacks as a franchise quarterback. I don't care that they're number two or number eight. Either they're franchise quarterbacks or they're not. And if they if they deem one of those two guys are franchise quarterbacks, you have to take them. There, there's no better way one, to change your team take entirely. Take one next year. Just right. keep being just keep taking them. Yep. And and don't you have to kind of with the new regime link yourself for better or for worse inextricably to somebody I a face so. of the franchise and kind of just not run a, with not it. Jeremy Tunsil, who will play right tackle for three years. Right. Laramie. Laramie. Laramie Tunsil. Like, so like what Greg said. Jeremy's his cousin. That's his cousin. <laughs> you take one of these guys early. You put. You get him in the lineup. Don't be starting RG3 deep into the season. See what he can do. If there's a lot of bad juju around the guy, you're going to have a top five pick next year too probably. Get the best quarterback yeah. then. Just figure, yeah. get the quarterback. That's yeah. what they got to get the quarterback. You hit it and everything changes. You want to – don't get too smart. Right. Right. Um, all right, let's move on now. Yeah, to so yeah, so I think the Browns at two are interesting, and then uh, you know you go right down to the Cowboys at four, and this mm. is kind of the million-dollar question. Pressure, Paul. 
<laughs> okay, go ahead. That's a little creepy, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's okay. Million-dollar question in this draft is, will the Cowboys take a quarterback at four? Um, they so have, much <laughs> they have Now it's really creepy. Yeah. They, uh, you know, whether you believe Jerry Jones or not, you know, I a lot of the scuttlebutt seems to be that they are really looking at either, even if Wentz or Goff is taking it to, that they are looking at the other one potentially at four. Now, look, they say they ha- Tony Rome is their guy. He's going to be there for the next however many years he has left, three, four, five, who knows, maybe more. But they don't have that quarterback of the future, certainly. And if, you know, we've been saying all year on Path of the Draft, if you – you know, think one of these guys is that franchise quarterback, regardless of whether you have Romo on your roster or not, you take a quarterback at four. If not, you know, they probably go edge rusher with a Joey Bosa. Miles Jack could still be there, maybe a DeForest Buckner. But it's really that to me is is the most interesting question of the first round is what the Cowboys do at four and specifically will they take a quarterback? And if you're Dallas, you want to if you're, it's like an Uno, you get the draw four card and you blow the opponent up. Like you want to be one of those teams, Uno like reference. I don't know where that came. Like the <laughs> Packers and the Colts, where you have a franchise quarterback for a decade plus, and then you just insert the next one, one without any nonsense in between. And, the, right. and if there is a scenario where the Cowboys have the choice of any quarterback on the board with that pick, I think they would live to regret the day. I don't know what's going on with Tony Romo and his health at this stage. People have now forgotten, by the way, and I wrote this in a mailbag that we published yesterday. You know, he has this clavicle thing that he got the Mumford and Son surgery on. <laughs> and now people have forgotten that he has a back injury that can go on him at any time, and that could end his career too. So he has two potentially career-ending injuries that can pop up at any time. you got to get the next guy. Kellen Moore is not the next guy. The thir- You know who the third quarterback on the roster is, Wes? Yeah. It's like – it's a made-up name. It's like Yeah, he's Jamil got a funny name. Rivers. Strong's or something? Strong, something like that. It's like he's not the guy. I feel like they would make a huge mistake not to Jamil grab him. Jamil Showers. Couldn't you just – He's a real human being who has achieved a lifelong dream to make Snore. it to the NFL. The entire Showers family is, is proud of Jamil. <laughs> and you're just mocking him. All right, sorry about that. All right, let's move Could down. It, I mean, real quick, couldn't they just take a quarterback at the top of the second round? Right, this is a draft where supposedly that, you know, the, that there'll be three, three – Quarterbacks maybe taken in the second round. Yeah. I, I, it's an interesting one for the Joneses too because it's a definite. Are we still trying to win a Super Bowl with Tony Romo? You would think yes. They, they have not lost sight of that. Do we really have the patience to take a quarterback versus a guy like an edge rusher like Buckner or Ezekiel Elliott? Maybe you put him in the backfield and you just Jerry Jones gets excited about that and tries to win the Super Bowl right now. That seems more like the Cowboys. Move. That feels and Cowboy. You, and you got to think they're chomping at the bit after what happened last year. Just a lost season. Completely lost. That they, they just well, they they don't want to, you know, they are going all in, you would think, this year and, and drafting a quarterback for a long-term play doesn't necessarily fit you know what they and I know thinking. the money isn't crazy at the top anymore, but it's still a lot of money if you take a quarterback four and you have Tony Romo as the top, you know, top paid quarterback in the league. Just about that's that's a lot. Well, there's got to be voices in the building saying, no, 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 we need we need something else. But to Wes's point, couldn't you take a quarterback in the second round if they want to go edge rusher or defensive tackle in the you know if that's yeah. a need for them? This draft that this is by far the strength of the draft is defensive ends and defensive tackles. So they if they think there's that much difference between Wentz and Goff, I don't and, think say, Wentz or Goff will be Co- there when Dallas picks. That's my prediction. Well, yeah, and they may, they may not be. So it's it's going to be it'll be interesting. But that to me that's a, that's a really interesting part of the draft. Burger, give us another pressure point. Um, I mean, I think you got to go down. <laughs> Keep going. I, I'm just going to crawl under the table here. Yeah. Uh, Niners at seven because again, it's will it will one of those quarterbacks still be there? And if uh, if they are, 
do they take one? You know, they have a lot of needs, obviously, uh, up front at the offensive yeah. line. Linebackers, they're not going to take a linebacker at seven. Certainly, you wouldn't think. But, um, you know, they've... Well, that's seven, eight. That's seven, yeah, eight. The Eagle, Eagles, yeah, the Niners at seven <laughs> and the Eagles at eight. You, you know, you're rounding the corner. If you like get the I-10 the corridor. corridor. Right. The Eagles are doing something strange. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Just that, that they're real... They're, you know, working out every – they're working out Wentz, I believe, today, Wednesday as we're taping this. They're working out all the guys. They're in all these rooms. You're like, I don't really buy – I don't quite buy that, but I think I think if you're really interested in one of those two guys, it's hard to imagine really any scenario they get past 7-8. Yeah, yeah. And, and they all – we know they also – Someone will trade to Philadelphia they, at 8, I think, to take the second guy if they're not off the board. They also love uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, that's something that's been connected to them for a long time, and that's – you know, we saw Todd Gurley go in the top 10 last year. By all accounts, Ezekiel Elliott is, is kind of, you know, a, a very similar – Different styles, but as well, there's whispers a similar of, talent. Yeah, there's whispers of Philly going up to number two to take it right. there, right. so that Dallas can't. And the, right. the, don't the Forty Nine ers seem? Uh, and I would throw the Rams in this, and maybe they're a pressure point <laughs> at fifteen too. <laughs> I I would put them. Do I sound as creepy as Greg? I creepier. It's a it's a common it's a nice combination yeah. of of creepy yeah. voices. Okay. Uh, I I would think that they're about as likely as anyone to make a big time trade because desperation. Uh, equals trades. And the Rams, especially at 15, can't you just see them knowing that Jeff Fisher is the first co- coach since Dave Shula to make it to a fifth season without a winning record <laughs> unless Sneed Ouch. Is, is, has never had a winning record and they're moving to L.A. and you just need a face of the franchise and they just give up their 15th pick. They give up next year's first. Who knows? You throw in Michael Brockers or something, and you move up wherever you need to move they up. They just got to go 7-9, Greg. They Jeff do, Fisher they has do the opposite RG3. They do it and basically in right. reverse. Keenum is their starting quarterback still. Jeff Fisher has never been condescendingly patted on the head by one of his players while giving him a lecture. Oof. What, uh, Dave Shula. Dave Shula. Remember that? Yes. That is not a guy to ever be connected to historically on any level, Dave Shula. <laughs> All right, Burger, let's yeah. hear about it. Another team under pressure. Well, I think uh, the Bears at 11 are interesting because, again, if, if for some reason, let's say – the Browns don't take a quarterback. Let's say the Cowboys don't take a quarterback, okay? And let's say, for all intents and purposes, the Niners take Goff or Wentz at 7. Okay. The Eagles go offensive line, let's say, which is a big need for them at 8. Then the Bears at 11, you know, some team either is going to want that last quarterback, that second quarterback, to you know, and worried that maybe the Rams take him at 15, or do the Bears, who don't really have a quarterback of the future behind Jay Cutler, who I believe is entering the last year of his contract. Is that correct? Someone check me on that. I think he signed to It might be the last year of guaranteed. Yeah, maybe that's right. what it they is. Part but, but, but either way, you know, Cutler's not exactly uh, the most reliable uh, option at the position that we've seen in the last couple of years. And, and maybe they take a quarterback at 11. I mean, again, it's the first, the first half of the draft is where these first two quarterbacks end up, and that really will affect – what so many other teams? I'd do. be shocked, a if they got that far. But New Orleans, Ian Rappaport mentioned New Orleans as a team that is major interest in a quarterback too. Right. So it's it, the, they're they're number they're number twelve. So no one, yeah. none of these guys are getting that low. But if they do, that's right. it's over. And, and there. that and that's where you could see the movement again. If one of those guys is still on the table, do the Rams move up a couple of spots? Do the Saints jump up a couple of spots? Do the Jets move from twenty? You know, if they're not sold, if Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't done yet, and they don't think Bryce Petty or Geno Smith is the answer, do they move up? There's a lot of play that could happen in those sort of middle ten picks if one of those guys is still on the board. Jay Cutler wouldn't be on the Bears if anyone had taken him in a trade last year. 
<laughs> right. No one wanted him. Right. Uh, Burger, give us one more team that's feeling the pressure. Well, I just I'll, I'll give you two quickly because they're both okay. they're both similar sort of dynamics. So at the, at the end of the first round, you have the Texans at 22 and the Steelers at 25. What's interesting about those two teams is if you look at the draft order starting at 22, you have the Texans at 22, the Vikings at 23, and the Bengals at 24. All three of whom you could argue their first biggest need is a wide receiver. I would argue that. So. And you have, you know, these receivers, you, you might not see the first one taken, whether it's Laquan Treadwell or Corey Coleman or Josh Doxson or whoever it is. They may not be taken until right around, you know, 18, 19, somewhere in that the back half of the first round. So you could see a run on receivers there. Maybe all, we got a run. all three of those teams, Texans, Vikings, Bengals, taking receivers. Or if they're gone before the Bengals pick, then the Bengals, you know, so w- you could see one of those teams kind of get shut out if there's a little run on receivers there in that early 20s. And then at the Steelers. You don't want to 20- get caught at the end of the old uh, the run. fantasy yeah, exactly. run. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a, get on top of that. It's like a get crappy clo- of it. Yeah, it's like a crappy closer run in a baseball fantasy baseball draft. You don't want <laughs> you don't want the the JJ Hoovers or any of those guys. You want to get Hoovered. Yeah. Anyway, you're so, the only person in this room that knows who JJ Hoover. Well, he's the closer. Maybe for the come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's my team. Thank you. Uh, and then, and then the Steelers <laughs> at 25. Quickly, Steelers at 25. Seahawks at 26. Packers at 27. You could argue their biggest need each is a cornerback. And there's a lot of corners who we've seen mocked at the end of the first round: a William Jackson, and Eli Apple, Artie Burns. Those guys. We got to run. You could see very interesting kind of positional runs uh, in the late, mid and late 20s as we kind of get through the first end. Steelers of the first need round to of the trade Big Ben to the Jets for Darrell Revis. <laughs> I'll do that in a second. That both needs, both teams' needs filled. Well, Berger, you've done it again. You came on the show and uh, you shocked the world. Knocked it out of the park. And you, now you know my middle name. Yeah, what did we learn? <laughs> uh, Michael Jordan Berger. Uh, he has to deal with that a lot. And yep. It's not always fun. Nope. Uh, but this what, is fun. Well, yeah, what do we already know? You were a uh, former Wheel of Fortune contestant. Yes, that's right. Cha- uh, champion. Let's, champion. Let's not, let's not sell it short here. Dating a woman that is somewhere between 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, uh-huh. yep. Yes, and a very attractive woman, I should say. So good job there, <laughs> Berger. <laughs> Thank you. Um, passionate Bengals fan. Yes. So you're a man that feels pressure <laughs> for your team to win in January. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. How'd that work out last year? Yeah. Yeah. Same way it always does. Yeah. And you just had to get that in there, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Last but not least, he's the producer of Path to the Draft. That's right. Monday to 6 Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, we're, uh, what, uh, 15 days out now until the 2016 NFL Draft. So close. Two weeks away. Taste. Are you going to be away. in Chicago? I, I, know, I will be here sort of uh, overseeing our studio coverage as we mm. lead up to uh, the big day on April 28th and then the rest of the weekend. It, it's weird that Path to the Draft, It's not. it makes sense, but – there's path to the draft after the draft too. Yeah, it should be path from the draft. Right. Yeah. At yeah. that point, the after name the draft is, is confusing. <laughs> I yeah. think you got to work on the branding a little bit. Yeah, I'll see yeah. what I can do. It's just one preposition change. The, or just it's, like, like, it's a graphic. Or just like the path to the draft is over. I now believe it's the path to the next draft. I believe it's technically called the, the those are called the path to the draft recap shows. So there is a little bit of you know yeah. subtle. It's still a there. tad cumbersome. It is. is that it, when right. DJ goes on vacation for like nine months? Uh, after that's after that week. Yeah. The week after the draft, we will not see Daniel. <laughs> that's Jordan on West's radar. For, yeah. yeah, and it quite, also does remind me of the other show you produce around the NFL. Yes, uh, confusing that they also name this podcast around the NFL. Uh, and and for so long there was no link between the two programs. 
No, we've made but strides. Well, maybe that recently. maybe that means you just have to have me on more. That's all. Perhaps. Listen, <laughs> glass nose. Uh, you are the bridge Thank uh, between you. the two Thank programs. Uh, I Michael Berger. You, I appreciate you having me on. What's your uh, Twitter handle again? Uh, Mikey B T V. Oh, listen to that handle. Mikey B T V. Mikey B T V. Follow him. He knows yes. what he's talking about. Mike Berger. Michael Jordan Berger. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, Greg, can I get an update on the iTunes challenge? Of course, we've been asking all of our listeners to leave five-star reviews and uh, uh, five-star ratings and uh, nice or bad reviews. We don't care about that. Uh, just to see if we can goose Apple's rating system. Uh, where are we going with Has that? Has not made much of an impact. But you, uh, we have left a lot of comments, and that alone uh, is – exciting and important because I don't like to see you kind of look at how many people have left ratings for different podcasts and you can say okay that that one's bigger than that one and so a lot of people have been leaving the comments and that I appreciate I think it's goosed up about a hundred since we asked there are five tweets on Twitter with the hashtag iTunes challenge <laughs> hashtag iTunes challenge you got to s- spread the word That's five more than I thought there would be but I think, caught, I think it's caught fire we also need, you know, I think even just as important as that is telling your friends to go uh, subscribe. Hey, you guys like the NFL? Oh, yeah. You like podcasts? Oh, yeah. How about you try the Around the NFL podcast? Friend? Hey, we got something and for go you. Go subscribe to that. Little word of mouth. Because I think the new subscribers, that's always big. That's good. Tell a buddy, phone a friend. We'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Very special Around the NFL podcast. Schedule release day. Oh, yeah. Schedule dropping, so we'll have a full breakdown. Feel the buzz in the air. All the uh, schedule uh, heat. Uh, and that will be sorry. posted the minute the schedule is out. So we 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 work at the NFL, and uh, we'll get it a little early. We'll be able to pre-tape it. And so the second that schedule releases on, you know, you, you check it out, and you, you listen to the podcast. Do there. you ever listen to our podcast? All the time. You do? Sure. Who's your favorite Michael person? Michael Jordan Berger. <laughs> Who's my favorite person on the show? Yeah. Uh, I, and you can't go Lindsay. No. <laughs> I'd say Colleen. Uh, yeah, I probably would say Colleen. Connie All Fox. Right. Of the core four. <laughs> this Just is, say this Mark. is not going to end well. Just, I, he's I, looking for like it. it to we him. We work together. This, come yeah. on. This is not going to There's no, no upside. No one's going to be offended okay. if you no lie and say Mark. Say Lie and say all Don't lie. All right. That's it. Isn't that a wrap? Can we get this? Yeah, that's it. Thanks. This is – yeah, we'll be back on Thursday with the schedule release special. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for – Quiet Storm, the mailman, literally Michael Jordan. There we go. And the (laughs) boss, and of course, the Irishman behind the glass. Till Thursday! You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.